0: going to make an assumption and you tell me if I'm wrong. You feel like there aren't enough hours in the day. I know it's true. There are always too many things to do and too little time. If you're like me, your boss will walk down the hallway and shout, go home Beltron!" That's why I'm telling everyone about the 40 hour work week with Angela Watson. Angela was a guest on this very podcast back in season one, and she shared her ideas for managing your time, teaching and stuff to help you make the most of your time at work while making time for home too but that was just the beginning. In her membership, the 40 hour work week, Angela helps you focus on what matters to have a purposeful and productive work day and then go home. Angela helps teachers find on average, 11 hours a week that they can take back for themselves while still being a great teacher. The best part is that Angela has a new membership, especially for coaches. She partnered with my friend and coffee buddy, Nicole Turner of Simply Coaching to create the 40-hour work week for coaches. Check it out at buzzingwithmissb.com slash 40-hour week and get your time back. Coach, are you feeling like your teachers are just not interested in your support? Have you struggled to get into classrooms and impact positive change? Do your teachers turn the other way when they see you coming and put you off over and over again when you offer to visit their classrooms? so many coaches face these problems and they all revolve around one thing, the culture of coaching. If your school doesn't have a coaching culture, it can feel like you're bending over backwards to please everyone while actually accomplishing nothing. This summer, my favorite annual event, the Simply Coaching Summit, is all about building a coaching culture at your school. This online conference for instructional coaches is on July 11th, 12th, and 13th, and it will give you everything you need to change your school one step at a time. The summit is three days of keynote live workshops, pre-recorded sessions, and live meetups. I'm giving a keynote about how getting curious can change the culture of your school, but there is so much more to the summit that you have to see it for yourself. Head to buzzingwithmsbcom slash summit to save your spot. The best part is that you have six months to watch the videos. So if your summer plans didn't include some cozy PD at home on the couch, you can watch them when you're back to school. See you at the summit 2022. Hey coach and welcome to episode 104. This is our last episode in our series all about reflection. So we've been looking back all throughout this month and thinking about how we can reflect on our work as leaders, as well as support teachers in looking at their own teaching practice. Today, we're going to do one of my favorite things and you get to listen in on an actual coaching call with a coach in the field. We're chatting about how coach can support their teachers in reflecting on their practice regularly so that it becomes embedded into their own teaching cycle and something that's not an afterthought. It actually becomes part of the work that they regularly do. So, coaching calls are exciting, but they can be a little nerve wracking. I never know what direction a call will take, but today you get to hop on the uh, roller coaster with me <laughs> and uh, we will see what we come up with in terms of supporting teacher reflection. So let's welcome Monica to the podcast. Welcome Monica. Hi, how are you? I'm great. I'm so glad that you're able to join me today. I'm very excited to be here. Like what a, what an honor. I've I've followed you for a few years now. So this is very exciting for
1: me Thank you so much.
0: Oh, thank you. That makes me so happy. Like seriously, it's always, you put things out in the world and you just hope somebody looks at them, you know? (laughs) So it's really nice to hear that. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. So I would love to hear before we get started in talking about reflection, a little bit about yourself and your coaching work. So I can get kind of an idea of what kinds of work you're currently doing as a coach.
1: Sure. So this is my third year as an ELA instructional coach. Um, It's my eighth year in education. So I did teach for five years before transitioning into this role. Uh, And my experience was mainly with uh, sixth through eighth grade and then seventh through ninth grade. So I taught in two different districts Mm -hmm. before Becoming an English coach, uh, my coworker and I, who we became friends, we started the coaching role together. Uh, actually, created um, a business, I guess you would call it, for uh, resources for coaches to use with different uh, materials and content and support. So we're in the middle of launching that. We actually like created our Instagram page this morning, so like things are moving along, mm-hmm. and I'm really excited to be able to share what I'm learning. Um. That's great with the role that I have now I actually work with third grade teachers up through eighth grade teachers so I have a a big variety and the programs that we're using are a little different so it's more balanced literacy in the younger grades and then novel study in the upper grades
0: okay okay so what does your coaching role currently look like what kinds of work do you do with teachers
1: a very loaded question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: it's a big one. <laughs> What's your job? Um, like, tell me everything that is your job, right? That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, and I mean, the first year
1: when I, when I transitioned, it was a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. So I didn't actually like, I knew what I wanted to do as a coach, but mm-hmm. it, the way that coaching had been done at the district that I went into was very different than what I had envisioned it to be. So the first mm-hmm. year was a lot of trial and error and just kind of going with the flow. And I mean, fortunately, we did have a small group of coaches that serve different districts. So I work at a charter school currently. So we serve different districts under one umbrella. And we had each other to kind of lean on, we all went into that role together. So we were all learning as we were doing, which is when we came across uh, Buzzing with Miss B and simply coaching with Nicole Turner and a kind of all these resources. So the first year was a lot of molding and creating a new role and, and building those relationships with teachers and just helping them a, with a lot of lesson planning and content okay. and there was that fine line between what is your role as a coach and some administrators would say well you're not supposed to help with classroom management in others were well if you're not helping with classroom management you can't really help with instruction right. so there was a lot of kind of back and forth and figuring it out by the second year and the third year i started questioning a lot of things I was like well this doesn't really work for me and my teachers and I was fortunate enough that we didn't have a lot of turnover in the schools that I was working with so we had a lot of the same teachers and I was able to get to know them and kind of their teaching style and how they like to present content Um, and with the feedback that I would give it was a lot of grows and glows so I would go in and what I thought was a coaching cycle at the time because that's how it had been relayed to me which was actually not a coaching cycle, <laughs> I later learned. Uh, but it was a lot of, oh, like, this is what I need help with. Not much conversation prior to just going in, mm-hmm. meeting for five, 10 minutes after, this is what I saw. How do you think it went? And the teacher would usually say, great, everyone was engaged. and Everyone was on task. And then I would give them with like what I saw, a grow uh, and two glows because that was the format that we were following at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the conversation would just continue on. And it wasn't, it didn't fit with my style. I like, I was like, I don't feel like I'm being true to myself and and I'm not helping the teachers as much as I wanted to. And that's when I started looking at teacher reflection a little more seriously. And we did, we signed up for the coaching summit. I know that you've had Mm -hmm. a few uh, presentations with that. And we started learning about what a coaching cycle really is and, and, you know, pursuing different types of reading. Mm -hmm. And I would say towards the end of of last year, and I mean, COVID threw everything for a wrench because then you're trying to take everything and put it on Zoom and it's not the same in the classroom environment, like beautiful Bitmoji classrooms, but that's not, (laughs) it's not the same as a classroom environment. Uh, So this year I, I have new third grade teachers and I feel like my role has changed a lot in terms of like what I'm helping them with versus what I'm doing with the middle school teachers, especially Mm -hmm. in terms of reflection, like their reflection is like, did I do what I said I was going to do? Did it make sense? Did the kids learn Mm -hmm. where my veteran teachers are a little more internally reflective. So it doesn't necessarily take as much from me. So I feel like finding that balancing act is like super important and definitely something that I've not mastered by any means, nor, you know, did I expect to have mastered it at this point.
0: Yeah, 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 totally. That's that's an ongoing thing. And it varies depending on, like you're saying, the teachers that you're working with and also the structures that your school has in place, um, because if all of your work is done only through coaching cycles and individual, teacher, individual teachers, then that looks like one thing. And if you also have opportunities for it, like you said, lesson planning, PLC, working with teams of teachers, that can look a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that your goal of making sure that this is part of the teaching cycle, right? That you're embedding it um, is really a good one to focus on because, yeah, if, if teachers are saying, well, that's what I set out to do and I did it that's awesome. Right. Right. <laughs> that's the extent of the progress. Of reflection. <laughs> then, yeah, then that may not be okay. That was, so that was your intention, which is good. You know, I'm glad that your plan actually did happen, you know, cause sometimes it doesn't. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we want to dig a little further and look at specific things, you know? Um, and so there are a couple different ways that you can initiate that, that dialogue really. Um, do you have other, so you mentioned coaching cycles, are you still supporting teacher planning and, um, other learning opportunities with them?
1: So with the newer teachers I am, and we actually as a group of, with our instructional coach team, uh, right before the summer break, we did the uh, workshop on tiering teachers and identifying teachers in each oh, yeah. tier. Mm-hmm. But instead of doing it by the amount of years they were teaching, we did it based on what we knew about them and their strengths and, and their goals mm-hmm. throughout the year. And it was funny because I think the way that it was set up, it was like tier one was like the most experienced teacher. And for some reason, my brain oh. can't process that. Yeah, <laughs> so no, like my that's, tier yeah. one teacher is, is my teacher who needs the most support. So it's kind of flipped okay. for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so we did that at the end of the year, we had a little bit of turnover. But mm-hmm. the teachers that I that I know, and, and I can work with, I've been doing that. And the newer teachers, I feel like are the ones that I'm struggling with because we're a charter school. There's a certain expectation in terms of how the classroom looks, how the classroom is run, Mm -hmm. what the environment needs to include. So I feel like the beginning of the year, I had to take a few steps back because I was like ready to go with, I was like, we're going to do coaching cycles. This is going to be great. And they were like, hold on. Like, I don't know where I like fit in all of this. So I had to take a step back and, and remind myself that first It's the beginning of the year, especially a year where some of these third and fourth graders haven't been in a real school for two years because they've been remote with that option. So it was bridging the gap instructionally, helping the teachers bridge the gap behaviorally Mm -hmm. and then helping them lesson plan. So I feel like I have like three different tiers. So Mm -hmm. I have one tier where we're lesson planning and classroom management, and that's our focus. Mm -hmm. My goal is with the third marking period is coming up. So I'm hoping to transition to maybe like get through one or two coaching cycles, depending on what else is going on. Mm -hmm. I have my tier two teachers who are not completely ready for like a, a true coaching cycle per se, but they're, we're making steps. And then I have two teachers in my tier three category, if you will, that I can do a coaching cycle with. They're very like intrinsically motivated. They're very reflective. Like my conversations with them, I often laugh because I'll have like a list of bullet points of things that I want to get through. Mm -hmm. And in questioning techniques that I've picked up on in different strategies, they kind of go through the checklist on their own. Like they're like, oh, and this went really well. And this is what I would do differently. And then, you know, I went in and I did this and, and they kind of do a lot of that on their own, just with a few guiding questions. My other two tiers, like I can ask them those questions and they would say, Kind of, like, what we said before, well, I, I did what I set out to do, and the kids gave me a right. product, and that's what I'm going to score. <laughs> so, okay. we're not at that yes, <laughs> at that reflective point.
0: Okay, so a couple different things that you can do, and this would work really with new teachers or with more experienced teachers because you're talking about how your more experienced teachers maybe it's more internal, but they're not really maybe if they're in a group, they're not really you know sharing that verbally with other teachers, um, and your newer teachers are not reaching that point of having real reflection on how things went it, did I not only did I do what I set out to do but did I did my kids get what they were supposed to get did they learn what they were supposed to learn um, did they um, interact all these things that we want kids to do you know did they have the, did I provide the support that they needed are there still gaps so one thing that is um, I, I have found to be the best way to get conversation going and to, and to kind of like level the playing field because everybody people use words mm-hmm. to describe their teaching and it's all different like you see it in, in action and that's not the way you pictured it if that makes any sense yeah it does. Um, we'll talk about what we do and it's it's relevant to the way or it's relative to how we actually do things so we think everybody knows what we mean and that's not the case but if you put student work on the table and use that as a starting point for reflection then that is a great way to say okay this was what kids were able to produce based on that lesson So it's not really as subjective as, well, what do you remember seeing? What do I remember seeing? You know, Um, it's like, this is what the kids produced. So let's look at it and let's score it and let's sort it um, in like immediately after the lesson, if you're doing a coaching cycle, or you can do it during a PLC type session. Like if you have your group of teachers, let's say two of your teachers that you're, you're lesson planning with are in the same grade level, or they're working on the same thing. They can bring in their student work samples from the last assignment. You can lay them out in front of you and you can say, okay, let's, let's talk about what we see here. This was what the assignment was. Everybody had the same assignment. And if they're not planning common assessments or common assignments, you can do that once in a while in order to have common work to look at. Um, This is the common assignment that we had. This is what kids were supposed to do. Let's look and see, do we have kids who did it? Do we have kids who did it at a really high level? What do you say is a really high level? Pull those out. Okay, you pull out the kids who did a really high level in your class. What do we see? What's happening? How did we get them to do it? Okay, now let's look at the next level of kids. Kids who did it at the basic, like a more minimal level, but they did accomplish the goal. And then maybe kids who didn't meet the mark. And what do we see happening here? Let's think back to your teaching. What did you have in place that helped these kids do this? And then we can kind of reflect on it. Well, I think what I did that really helped my kids, like, I, you know, sometimes we'll see in one classroom, for example, in a writing piece, you know, your kids are using... Their their introductions they get right to the point there's no nonsense they are they're not um, you know spending a lot of time like getting into the topic that they're going to talk about and wandering around they get right to it they state it it's descriptive but it's interesting and engaging and purposeful how are you doing that well this is how I model and then the teacher who is not doing that can say you know what I maybe what I did. I didn't really model. I told them how to do it, but I didn't show them how to do it. You know, they can start having these Mm -hmm. conversations that reflect on their teaching because they have the perspective of the student work that that's the, that's the truth. Like there's no negotiating around that. That's what the kids produced. Right. Um, so sometimes that helps to start getting them thinking about what am I doing? That's creating this outcome. Um, I think that's, a. I think I like the idea of the, the writing. So we, uh, introduced last year,
1: a pre-assessment and a post-assessment at the beginning at the end Perfect. of each unit, and it has standards-aligned questions, mm-hmm. and then a writing piece that goes with it. And we've we've gotten really good at diving into the the data with the standards, mm-hmm. and and kind of having the teachers look at that and like what part of the question stem from the standard is the question aligned to, and how you can you use that throughout the unit to assist the students. But I I think that where we're lacking, and this is where I love the idea that you suggested is having them look at the actual sample writing. Like, yes, they're looking at it to give the students a grade, but can they identify those pieces that are making it and then connect it to the lesson? I think that that connection to the lesson is missing.
0: Okay. Yeah. And that does happen. It's, it makes you vulnerable, right? So you look at your student work and it's easy to say, well, they're struggling with this. They're struggling with that. Mm -hmm. And then the next step is to say, and they may be struggling with that because, (laughs) you know, maybe I didn't do this (laughs) or maybe I should have done this differently or, oh, you know what? They misinterpreted when I said this, I wasn't explicit enough. And that's why they're doing it this way because they think this is what I meant. I need to be more clear. I need to go back. I need to reteach this. Um, and so that's one way. Yeah. If you can get them, you know, use some consistent question stems to help them say, where did this come from in my teaching? You know, what evidence of my teaching do I see in this student work? Um, in that, in the, the work that's successful and the work that is not as successful, what evidence do I see that maybe I need to adjust my teaching? Um, Absolutely. That's, Diane Sweeney talks about that. I look, I look, I'm, I actually in my room, I'm <laughs> actually looking at the, my, my bookshelf. Um, in student-centered coaching, the moves, she talks about looking at student work together and she talks about sorting it and, you know, immediately after the lesson, if you co-teach or even if you observe or whatever, you know, whatever mode you're using for your coaching cycle, she talks about sorting that work right afterwards and making decisions based on that work. And I think you could take it, you know, take it to that step of saying, let's reflect on this. And you actually using the language, let's reflect on our own teaching and what we see, what evidence we see of our own teaching in this work. And so if you start encouraging that dialogue, that should hopefully, you know, help both the new teachers who are maybe not reflecting in that way and the veteran teachers to communicate that reflection, um, you know, yeah. to, and, and to collaborate really, because we want to encourage people to collaborate with a grade level and really learn from each other.
1: Um, I Absolutely. Think- and even the grade level of lower and, and the grade level higher as well, like that communication. There's just never enough time. <laughs> as soon as we get going, it's like, and the bell rings.
0: Yes, that is always that is always what's difficult. And that's kind of what I was going to bring up next that may be a challenge. But whenever you do a lesson plan with teachers, creating kind of a sequence that includes some sort of reflection on the prior unit or lesson that's like a longer scope. So reflecting on one assignment and one lesson is like a smaller area that you're focusing on, right? But then if you kind of move into the, like larger piece and say, we're about to start this new unit, let's stop and think about our teaching. And that's more general and broad, but it can help you, you know, they, it can help people take a step outside of their teaching and go, you know what? I used to have my kids talk a lot more. I don't feel like they're talking as much or, you know, what, what are we noticing? You can give them different like dimensions to look at if you want, especially mm-hmm. when you're talking about a whole unit. And so cre- creating a few like kind of like best practices that you want to make sure that are in every unit and then have teachers look at those as points and say am i doing these things as much as i think i should you know kind of having um they can have like a scale like a 1 to 10 or it can just be a you know verbalization so you talked about balanced literacy in your primary grades and novel studies the basic components of that are that kids need time to ta- time to talk time to write time to think time to read right they have to have time to do these four things and so if they're there's even in just those four things, are kids having time to do these four things every day? Let's reflect on our practices. What practices support time to talk? What practices support time to read, time to write, time to think? Um, what practices support students in you know, justifying their responses? All the things that we know that, that we want kids to do. Uh, let's think about our explicit instruction. Are we modeling? Are we reading loud? What are the components that we're doing? And kind of having some points. You could dev- Actually, you could sit with your teachers and create them. Mm -hmm. had that opportunity to really create like, this is what we think is like exemplar stuff. Like this is the best that we can do. So let's stop and reflect. Are we doing these things? And every so often coming back to those, that might be a way to kind of encourage, you know, trying to hitting a, not hitting a goal, like in terms of this many percentage of kids are going to do whatever, but in ter- re- really looking at it and saying, this is what we believe is important. I'm going to reflect and see how far away am I getting from these things? Cause it happens testing season. It happens virtual learning. It happens, you know, like you mentioned yeah. everything teachers are just thrown for a loop, you know, especially the last few years. So that might be something to come back to like the best things, like the foundations that we know that are necessary. I almost wish we had
1: this conversation at the beginning of the year. I feel like it would have been so like, eye-opening to, to start the year that way. Like, what are things that, and, and it was a point when I was thinking about like our conversation today, I was like, I feel like the veteran teachers do have an advantage if they, they've been teaching from before COVID, because when they reflect, they have yeah. that reference point from when I was in the classroom, what was effective, where a new teacher doesn't necessarily have that insight other than when they were a student. So it does put them at a little bit of a disadvantage, but in opening those lines of communication between the grade levels and between the teachers, they can learn from one another, like you're saying.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's very true. And you're right. It is these, these new teachers have just started and new coaches for that matter. You've been thrown into a world that's already so disjointed that nobody really knows how to navigate well. And then you're having to figure out how to navigate that initially. And that is so hard. Um, And then we're like, oh no! Whenever things get back to quote normal, everything's <laughs> going to be great. You're gonna, we're gonna, you're gonna see it's completely different. And you're like, I'm just figuring this out. How is this going to be? <laughs> you know,
1: what, what? How does this become normal? <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> I feel like this is becoming normal actually, <laughs> which is yep. scary. Um, so, in in thinking about that, having those collaborative con- conversations, using video might be one helpful way for new teachers to see different ways of doing things as well. Um, And that's something that I I share repeatedly, but video coaching is really helpful. In terms of teachers seeing each other teach, it's it's great, but it's also really good for teachers to reflect on their own teaching by watching themselves. So those new teachers that are struggling to see, and it's great for everybody, but the new teachers that are struggling to see like how what they do impacts student learning in those like micro moments, you know, what they say and what they do has a direct impact on what kids do in that moment. But they don't always see that. They're like, well, this is my lesson plan. Check, check, check. So they're learning still about how we respond in the moment, how we, you know, make decisions in the moment and what data we collect in our brains. It's all invisible, right? What data we collect in our, in our brains to make those decisions. So having them observe with their own video of a lesson and then giving them a two-column chart and it's like, okay, well, what did you say or do? What was the impact on kids? And then moving through the lesson slowly that way, and they don't have to write down everything, and it can just be a short chunk. Like don't start with ninety minutes, or it's going to be <laughs> very overwhelming. But if yeah. have you know, fifteen minutes, fifteen minutes of maybe of their novel study. This is what we did together today. This was my direct instruction. This was you know the dialogue that we had. This is what I did. This is what they produced in children. This is what the kids did. This is what I did. This is how it impacted kids. And really noticing the connection between those things might support their reflection as well. Um, because if they're not seeing what I do impacts kids immediately, you know, then they might not even know where to start with thinking about their lesson.
1: I feel like I'm nodding a lot because I'm absorbing what you're saying. People can't see that I'm nodding. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, like, definitely yes, yes. a
0: different uh, venue, <laughs> a different medium. <laughs> so
1: I have a question, I guess, to follow up. It so. Would you recommend having a teacher record him or herself and and do this first? Or would you go in and model what that looks like? So as we're, as we're talking and, and I'm absorbing, I had an idea and I was like, well, maybe if I went in and I modeled like this, think aloud of like, okay, this is what I did. This is what the kids did. And then maybe had them practice and then do a video. an an analysis that way so first it's like their perspective and then it goes into like what you actually see in the video or would you have them start
0: with the video I think it, it totally depends on your teachers and so if you're seeing that some teachers might benefit from that you can absolutely do that if you're seeing that some teachers might need some more just a little bit more guidance you can just sit next to them and watch together and have a dialogue, you know, pause, watch, pause, let's have a dialogue. Um, And then if they're like, I don't really know, you could say, well, this is what I'm noticing. Mm -hmm. Model it there in the moment with their video. It just really depends on, I I really depends on the people that you're working with, I think, Um, on their comfort level with video as well, which I know people have become more comfortable with video in some ways because of virtual teaching. But Watching yourself on video and they're going to see it as evaluating and it's not, but to observe is a different level and having somebody else watch you on video as well. Like if you're, if you're pairing up with a teacher to do this, that can be a little stressful for them. So um, you really kind of have to feel out their comfort level with the idea, I think. And yeah, if you want to, if you want to be, um, you know, the sacrificial lamb and you want to go first, I think that's great. I think that we don't ever want to ask people do something that we would not do. So it is right. a good thing to do, but you also want to model. If you if you do that, I encourage you not to choose one of your exemplar lessons. Cause this is what we do. We pull out, they were like, Oh, this is a great lesson. This will be great. They will really value. They will get something of value from watching this. But if your purpose is to see how the kids respond to it, it might be good to try out something different that you've never done before. And to say, Okay, this is kind of an inquiry opportunity, I am going to put this out there, and I'm going to see how students respond and then I'm going to watch it to kind of get some ideas about, you know, to reflect on my teaching and to reflect on the impact on kids and see how that went. And that way it's like a real sincere opportunity for you to reflect as well. Mm Yeah,
1: okay, that makes a lot of sense.
0: I mean, even our best lesson that we pull out of our you know, pocket that we always carry with us, it doesn't mean that it's going to go great, <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> if you're trying something new and a little scary, then that's really a sincere opportunity for you to say, I'm trying this out. I don't know how it's going to go. We'll see. You know, I don't know that I have a
1: lesson in my back pocket, but I have strategies. Like, I'm yes, like, I know this sure. strategy
0: works. I know this yes. strategy works. doesn't matter the age group. So that's kind of what I mean by lesson. I wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. have like, this, is the t- this is, you know, everything isn't nailed down, but there are certain things that you're really comfortable with right? You know, it's going to be, yeah, it's it's just something you can use no matter the situation. So, so yeah, trying something new might be um, an honest way to reflect (laughs) in front of teachers so they can see what that really looks like. And also know that you're not, you're not just like, oh my goodness, that was, you know, you know how people like um, do like a false, uh, oh, man, that was so that was really hard. And you know, people are like, I mean, right, you know, you know it's, yeah, the you fluff. To, I call it yes. the fluffing, Right. Yes. If it's and not it sincere. That great. And it? exactly. <laughs> it's the, the sincerity of it. Yes. So those are, there's a couple things we talked about. We talked about looking at student work together about embedding this as part of the teaching cycle or the, the lesson planning cycle and coming back to what we believe about best practices and, and kind of reflecting there and looking at video coaching. This, do those things seem like they're going to address some of these issues or is there anything else that you would like to talk about to kind of make sure that we're, that you're prepared to go think, back and implement? I
1: think for the most part, that there are definitely strategies that I can walk away from and, and start implementing honestly, as soon as next week when the new marketing period starts and kind of Uh hit the ground running and and just making sure that we're all on the same page. Uh, I think really the the two concerns very different that I was coming to the table with. I feel like all of those strategies that you suggested can touch upon them in one way or another. So I'm feeling excited. Like I'm ready and ready to go for Monday.
0: <laughs> hey, that's great. That is excellent. Um, that's the best thing is when you're excited to try something new at work, you know, that's, it's so motivating. And it's like, it brings the joy back to your coaching and to teaching too. It was the same way when I was a teacher, I was like, Oh, I can't wait. We're going to do this on you know next week. Um, <laughs> and when you don't have something to be excited about, it's the hardest to get yourself to work on those days. So, so that's good. I'm really glad that you're looking forward to trying something out and, um, and you can let me know how it goes. Let me know, you know, if you try one of these strategies and, and how it works out, you can, you know, tag me on Instagram or send me an email or whatever. I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Hey, I really enjoyed that conversation because I don't think reflection is something that we talk about enough And we do need to support teachers in reflecting, but it's kind of like, okay, how do we start that conversation without sounding um, like we're being too uh, aggressive, (laughs) right? We want to have like a common focal point. The looking at student work together is a great way to do that. That's actually an experience that I have from my own coaching on a campus that I don't think I'll ever forget. Each teacher had had their students write expository pieces. And I could see that what was coming in and in terms of writing samples after the fact, were wildly different. And teachers were scoring their responses in a very different way. And so what I did is I created the expository writing revision guides. And you can actually see those in my store because um, they were created, honestly, to support teachers more than kids. That's why I initially made them. And then the teacher said, the kids loved it. And I was like, great. They're good for kids too. But what I did is I took a piece of writing, an expository piece, and I blew it up on, a, on our poster maker, a big poster, and I put it on the wall. And I helped teachers go through that piece a step at a time and analyze what was there. And then I helped them take that and create that into some different mini lessons that they could use to help students revise their pieces to achieve the goals that we wanted for our writers in expository writing. And that was so impactful that I don't think I'll ever forget it. I actually took the ideas from that and I put it into one of the lessons in my coaching course, the confident literacy coach. You can check it out at www.confidentliteracycoach.com. And that course has a module, a, a lesson within a module specifically about working with PLCs to look at student work together and how to do it. And I give you all the tools that you need to do it. It's, it was so impactful to us that I had to share it in that course because it really did change the kinds of conversations we could have with each other and to help us start speaking a common language, which was a huge issue that we had. So check that out for sure. Confidentliteracycoach.com. I also have some episodes to help you learn a little bit more about the ideas that we were talking about today. So we talked a little bit about, uh, well, coaching cycles, and that was a great point that Monica brought up, that coaching cycles aren't just about popping in, giving feedback, right? So if you listen to episode three, it's coaching cycles in six easy steps it spells out exactly what to do. And then episode four gives you some information about providing feedback to teachers. So that's a good one because you can talk a little bit about giving feedback as well as asking teachers to think about their teaching and reflect. Episode 60 is um, the same topic that Monica talked about. She was referring to the tiering teachers for support session from coffee and coaching that Nicole S. Turner and I did um, earlier last year. But I have a podcast episode all about it, about the different kinds of criteria that you can use for uh, kind of tiering your teachers to figure out what support they need, because we don't just do it based on the number of years of service. We do often put new teachers automatically into a certain tier that gets extra support. But beyond that, it's, there's no correlation between years of service and um, what tier they're in, because as you know, everybody's all over the place. <laughs> um, we also have episode 79 video coaching with Corey camp. I've mentioned this one before, and I'm never going to stop talking about it because it was amazing. And it tells you exactly what you can do to do some of the things we talked about in this episode, coaching teachers using videos of their instruction. It's life-changing. And then, uh, in episode 100- 102, from earlier in this little looking back series, we talk about supporting teacher reflection. So check that one out for sure. It was a great dialogue, and I think it'll really benefit you if this is a topic that you're really trying to grow in. I have a couple of resources for you too. You can check out the coaching cycle and uh, forms and slideshow, and that will really help you learn exactly what a coaching cycle can look like, and it'll give you the tools that you need to conduct those with teachers. So check that out. That's in my TPT store. That's going to be Christy Beltran, Buzzing with Miss B., and you can search for my name, Chrissy Beltran, and then look for coaching cycle forms and slideshow within my store. I also have a freebie for you, and it's a free download of debriefing sentence starters. And it includes sentence starters to help teachers reflect on their teaching. So you can get that at buzzingwithmsbcom episode 104. And I think that'll be really helpful to you if this is an area you're trying to grow in next uh the next round we're actually starting a whole new theme new topic and we're going to start talking about coaching in different ways at different levels so we're going to look at different kinds of coaches we're going to talk to a math coach we're going to talk to a coach about middle school versus elementary school because sometimes people maybe would like coaching but they haven't found the right place for them yet so i'm hoping that if you are hunting around for a better place for you something that might be a better fit We will talk about how there's a place for everyone in June, and that will give you an idea of what different jobs might be within the coaching world. So definitely check back in uh, next week to hear that one. And until then, happy coaching. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching.